Yeah. Uh, black skin, black faces, black people make black magic. So pay me every fucking diamond, add taxes. Cop a field in a room full of brass tactics. I've been about that work, boy. I've been ass capping. You lying about your bread, nigga. You axe capping. You really about that life, or you just hashtagging? You really self-made, or is you cash happen? Doing everything you can to make the cash happen. These new niggas do a You are now listening to the White Man See, Wrestling Podcast. Golf clapping. No applause in my trophy hall. I'm still focused on the goal, and I was hanging on the walls. Hello, hello, hello. We are back once again. This is the Wise Man Wrestling Podcast with Sean and J-Rod. This time, we're missing Ray. Ray's on a little bit under the weather, man. We're we thinking about you. Hope you feel better soon. Um, I'm sure he'll be back next week with a whole bunch of... He'll be saving up oh, yeah. his hot takes. Oh, yeah, yeah, he will. Yeah, he will. <laughs> like a list. <laughs> and a soundboard. <laughs> um, but in a week where there's no pay-per-views, pay-per-views another few weeks away, we actually got a little bit to talk about this week. We do. There's just a lot happening right now. Just some of the, like, the quick hits that have been going on. Um, the, Becky Lynch, the Becky Lynch ESPN commercials. Yes. I, 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 I got to see a couple of them. I like the one with the vending machine because it's, like it's like a Jedi mind trick on your expectations. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, that, that just says, you know, you've been talking about, you know, them, you know, WWE hitting the mainstream. You know, and definitely ESPN... You know, basically picking a side <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah. You know, um, you know that that's very entertaining. Um, I want to see them. I want to see if they make the jump to in in our sports sites in general. You know, Bleacher Report and stuff like that cover wrestling in general and not just WWE. Yeah. I want to see if we get to that point. Um, but it's it's it makes sense for them just to cover WWE, especially from the American. Um, or should I say U.S. Um, sports outlets. Um, but yeah, we you know we had a few things happen. I mean, little things here and there. Um, There's still some tickets still available to MSG. If you still want to go? That hurts. <laughs> Raw that SmackDown hurts. Are, are returning to the Madison Square Garden for the first time in like 13 years. Still seats. They announced Stone Cold for Monday and the Undertaker for for. Um, Tuesday. For Tuesday. The Undertaker on college football. Yeah. That's a highlight right there. there. Like, and, like, not, he didn't even try kayfabe. was straight wearing, like, a, you, a Longhorns t-shirt. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, did the Undertaker go to college? But, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. You know? I'm just upset they got the American Badass. We want the American Badass yeah. in the WWE. Correct. They got them. They also got pyro. That was the other thing that was I thought was pyro. <laughs> now you got to pay attention. I'm not, you know, it's no point in bringing it up now, but I, I'm inviting our listeners to take a peek. You know, find a video somewhere because if you listen closely, there's a shot at Ric Flair that Ric Flair that uh, the Undertaker makes Uh-oh. during his appearance. So that was entertaining and kind of leading into Ric Flair this week. Um, officially put his claim on demand trademark. Which has caused waves everywhere, including for some people saying in his own household, because Charlotte's not too happy about it. Nope. <laughs> you know, because, you know, that's causing problems in her pocket. Dad, what are you <laughs> doing, Dad? Don't you understand what I'm trying to do right now, Dad? Yeah. 
Yeah, that that's you know. This is weird. I, I it's 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 not weird to me because it goes back to, in my opinion, when he snapped off about HBK. Ric Flair right. is doing old man things right now. Right. You know, and it's unfortunate in a way. You know, because you don't want to see, no one wants to see like someone that they looked up to and everything like that yeah, go down this road. Nobody wants to see their heroes crumble right before their eyes. And this is why a lot of wrestlers, when they get old, this is why you hardly saw Harley Race in his later years and stuff to that effect. That's why you don't see a lot of Terry Funk now because they, don't, they they're so prideful. They don't want you to see them. But it appears mm-hmm. that Flair's going down that road and he's just too prideful to do it quietly. Well, the sad thing is is that if you really pay attention to um, what he's been going through over the years, um, the one thing that you consistently hear about is all these money issues. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. Bad taxes, people suing him for loans. He's got like three ex-wives he's paying off. Right. You know, it's... It's unfortunate. I mean, and it, it's a cautionary tale. It is. Um, you know, and you know, now I'm glad you brought that point up because that was what I was gonna lead to. Like, you know, everybody's like, "Why would he do this now?" Like, he ain't got no money. He, he's 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 in the O for a lie. Like, if you look up, you know, his net worth, and you see that it's two million, and that counts the house that he's living in. Mm-hmm. And like, you would That's never bad. think about that, you know, from Ric Flair of all people. Go back and, and Google Ric Flair and taxes and see how many times this guy has been in tax situations. Yeah. And you would you would think that after a while, maybe after the second or the third time, he you would learn somebody. Yeah, you know, say so yeah, you'll learn a lesson here. But unfortunately he just continues not to learn his lesson. I think the last one was actually earlier this year. Yeah. Right after he got out the hospital, he got hit with like a two hundred and sixty thousand mm-hmm. tax bill. This is like that's crazy. Like, how do you not know by now? Yeah. And it, it's unfortunate, and it, it it when you start looking at the money side of the things when it comes to Ric Flair, it makes a lot of other things add up. Like, mm-hmm. why didn't he just retire, retire after HBK super kicked him into existence? You know. Oh, you'll you'll find out if you Google, you'll find that out too. Um, say, hey, you know. So Vince McMahon actually loaned him like thousand dollars to get out of a tax situation. And that's pretty much around the same amount of money that he got for that match. And he just gave that check right back to Vince. So he retired with zero dollars. <laughs> and it's, it's, you know, and it's, it's just sad. It's just, you know, it, you're shooting yourself in the foot, you know. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, we got. But here's the other thing that doesn't make sense. I'm just. Yo, hold on. One more thing. Like, why not try to trademark Woo? And that that would make you more money. See, and this is, <laughs> and, and I made the point on Twitter, and it I, I can't I'll stick with it. Him trying to trademark the man is like LeBron trying to uh, you know trademark Taco Tuesday. Like there's a lot of people who've been called the man, like mm-hmm. and and I'm talking about you know I'm jump out of the line here. Other sports, you know, stand the man music. I mean that's like aging right. flair. Like I mean, right. Right. you know I mean. You you trying to trade Mark the man like, and then you got beat, like you know his his phrase was always to be the man you have to beat the man right. HBK kicked you in your teeth you know mm-hmm. back in '04. Sting took you out a few years later in TN, TNA. 
bro, that's been done. Like, <laughs> yeah. you've been beaten. You can't call yourself the man anymore. <laughs> and the only reason John Cena hasn't broken your record is because it looks like he doesn't want to <laughs> for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's unfortunate. You, you can know? see like, WWE do something petty like putting the belt on him for like a day. You know, and you know what? <laughs> I, Just because. I, I, if he continues to pursue this, and if in God's way he wins, or in any way gets a victory in this, the burial of Ric Flair will be like the story of 2020. Yeah. Because, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Because just like they did AJ Lee with Nikki Bella, mm-hmm. you know, having Nikki wear that title forever, you know, until... She had the longest reign. Putting the belt on Brock Lesnar, just having him sit at home for 450 days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he breaks CM Punk's reign. We all know Vince is the king of petty. And he would definitely, and even if Cena didn't want it, he'd make Triple H himself, ruin, you know, turn, turn it into like the 24-7 belt, win like four title reigns in a month. <laughs> <laughs> Bouncing back from SmackDown to Raw. I think actually Randy Orton is pretty cool. So I think he's at like 14. He's at 14. Yeah. yeah. They'll yeah. probably do it with Randy Orton and Raw Truth. <laughs> yeah. See, now the question is like, I don't know if Randy would do it because I know he, he has an affinity, you know, for Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. You know, but, you know, there's money involved. You know, it's a different story. Right. <laughs> you know, but yeah, they're the king of petty and it's just like Flair. Um. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's time to sit at home and get you know, I don't know, collect your WrestleMania residuals and call it a day. Um, a brief bit of sad news: Flip Gordon has already been kicked out of Villain Enterprises. Already, yes. He made the unfortunate mistake of getting a well done steak. <laughs> and on the on the latest episode of Villain Enterprises TV, he's been kicked out of Villain Enterprises. See, that's something that pissed Ray off <laughs> <laughs> for sure. That's something that. So you know that <laughs> like, hell no. Flip, flip, flip. You just you just can't can't stay up, man. You know he gets you know the big push and ROH hurts himself, comes back, gets into Villain Enterprises and. Immediately orders a well done steak. Okay. Flip. I flip, flip, flip. Flip, you might as well just be eating the meatloaf. Yeah. <laughs> um, Chris, we... Chris Jericho. A little bit of bubbly. <laughs> oh my god, dude. A little bit of bubbly. <laughs> so let's go back. We're going to all out. We're going back to all out. It, it, start, it starts with the list of a thousand and four holds. Oh, we going back. Yeah. <laughs> there was a, a glittery jacket. Yep. There was a scarf. The list. The list. A potted plant. Yep. <laughs> and now... A wait. Little, wait. The cruises. The cruises. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the cruises. Only Chris Jericho would think, you know what, we put wrestling on a fucking cruise. <laughs> And I'm mad I still haven't gotten a chance to go yet, but that's okay, Chris. I'm coming for you one time. <laughs> but, yeah. And now, a little bit of the bubbly. A little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> and what, am- what what amazes me, like, 
if there is any debate, because there's still this debate about whether or not he should have been the first AEW champion and he's old and whatever. If there was any debate, this man just got over a bottle of champagne. It didn't even happen on TV. No. <laughs> but that's more of the that's that's the genius of AEW more than anything else. Because we talked about this, you know. Oh well, actually, I talked about it. At the end of the pay per view, once he got the belt, kind of felt like, oh shit, that's it. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you send the tweet, the text out to us, like, um, they gave him a mic, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I get home, I'm half dead, I'm like, what is he talking about? And I'm reading, and I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it makes you immediately, like, anxious to see the first episode. Yes. Of their new show. And, first of all, the promo's done, like, crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, you can tell it's not scripted. The only thing scripted is, you know, them telling everyone to stand there and shut the hell up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you know, that in itself is epic. Yes. You know, um, and then just letting Chris go for as long as he wanted to go. You know, it's it just, is just... It's, it's amazing. It was on point. It was really nice. And, like, my part of me w- wants to think, had the show not ran long, because we know they cut some matches because of time, mm-hmm. the Pac and Omega match being one of them, um, would this have been part of the show? It could very well have been. Or, because I feel it works better as the side piece that we had. Yeah. You know, um... You know, because it leads you right into like, oh yeah, I have to see this later. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it was great, and then there's a t-shirt. There's a t. Oh, it's, it's a t-shirt available. You can get it right now at prowrestlingtees.com for AEW. I, I think it I is, am confident there is a guy who just sleeps at Pro Wrestling Tees. He's got like a fucking futon and a computer next to a printing press. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case of shit like that. <laughs> because I that that shirt came out so fast. <laughs> it it set some sort of record. It was like the it was like the highest selling T shirt within a twenty four hour period. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit of bubbly. And then Chris Jericho prints his own money. This is just, this is ridiculous. Forty eight hours later, tweets start coming out. I think they lost the belt. <laughs> and I look at him like no, no way in hell. No way in hell. No, no, it's gotta be. Nope, it's gotta be dope. Now I start seeing tweets from like police. Then, as you brought you eloquently brought up about the Enzo thing, then it becomes news. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> news, news, legit news. And I'm like, because you can you can say all you want about them running the angle. You're not running a fake wrestling angle with a real police report. No. No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> this is where I put the hat on. That 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 tinfoil hat. Mm-hmm. The key to this is where it happened. Tallahassee, Tallahassee, Florida. Yeah. Which ain't far from Jacksonville. Right. And I'm convinced at this point, Shotgun owns like that whole northeast portion of Florida. <laughs> <laughs> like in a secret deal with the U.S. or something. Mm-hmm. So... It's not out of the realm of possibility that, you know, that the police influenced to par- take park in this. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Because, 
when they put out the sketch, I was like, man, that sketch looks like a skinny ass version of John Moxley. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I digress. But you know, still, it kept them in the news. And then your boy, oh, in the only way Chris Jericho can, is just sitting in a bathtub. Yeah. Sitting in a hot tub when most wrestlers would be peeing their fucking pants in a bathroom somewhere. <laughs> like, holy shit, I'm gonna get fired. Oh, I'm gonna get fired. Oh, I'm gonna get fired. <laughs> I'm gonna get fired. That belt cost $30,000 for them to make. Okay. Well, at least I, I, I thought it was more. Uh-huh. I was hearing six figures and I was like, <gasps> bro. <laughs> that was about 30 grand. About right. 30 grand. Now we know, you know, and I was confident that he had spare belt because shit happened. Mm-hmm. And we know, well, at least from a WWE standpoint, when you get a belt, you get a copy of the belt. For yeah, yourself, yeah. For yourself. So I wasn't concerned, like, they lost the only belt. Like, they don't have a belt. <laughs> you know. But I was expecting some dumbass to be like, I'll sell you the belt. <laughs> Good job. But, and then they found it. Yeah, so here's the part of the story that gets really wonky. So apparently a guy was driving down the road with his wife, and they saw a the bag that they put it in. It's like a felt bag or whatever, mm-hmm. a suede bag. They saw this bag, and they, on the side of the road, they picked it up, put it in their truck, and took it home. Apparently, they didn't look inside the bag. Strike one. Shenanigans. <laughs> Before they took it home. They got home. They saw, they realized it was something special, but they didn't know what they had. So they put it on Craigslist. The bag? The belt. They actually, you know, they took it home. They saw it was a belt. So they put it on Craigslist, trying to find the owner or whatever. And they started getting messages through Craigslist that, dude, that's the AEW championship belt. They, apparently, they didn't know anything about this. They don't watch wrestling. They don't right. care. Okay. So then when they when they realized what it was, he immediately took it to the, the police station. Mm-hmm. And as it so happens, he's approaching the police station and the lim- uh, uh, Jericho's limo driver was there filing an insurance claim for the belt. Shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I mean, this whole thing screams shenanigans for like a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's genius. It like, is. <laughs> because it creates another little bit of bubbly. <laughs> another moment. Another, another thing for, for Jericho to kind of sink his teeth into. Did you see the in, in the, um, the promo video that he did in the... Um, in the hot tub. Yeah. He poured himself a glass. Yeah. Of champagne and then drunk from the bottle. Yeah. It's Jericho. <laughs> it's Jericho, genius. man. It's Jericho. Pure genius. Um, there were a couple of small bits that came out of All Out that we didn't talk about because we, that were important. Um, because AEW's gotten a little bit of heat. After a after all out, mm-hmm. first for having Pharaoh the dog, you know, close to the pyro, right? Um, Which I believe was an honest mistake, to be honest with you. Right. I'm. You know what? Um, the talk is that uh, from Cody's side that the the M80, the motor, motor, more door. Sorry, whatever. You know, the big one, the loud one, mm-hmm. wasn't supposed to go off during his entrance, and that's what scared it off. Whatever. Right. Um, so that is what that is. I, uh, like you said, honest mistake, lesson learned. We, 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 I don't think they'll ever do it again. We have plenty of evidence they love that dog. They love Pharaoh. We all love Pharaoh. You know, and they love Pharaoh, and, 
you know, they're both Brandy and Cody are big proponents, you know, for, you know, treating animals right. So that's not a concern. Mm-hmm. Um, the one I think is even, should I say, I feel it's a lesser controversy, but it's been made a deal. It's the Cody having to apologize for the puto chant during Triple Mania. Apparently, Wait. yes, apparently during his match with Cain Velasquez and, you know, squad, he, him and the people he was with incited a puto chant with the crowd. Okay. Encouraged them to scream puto. Some people felt a kind of way about it. I'm not exactly sure why. Um... Maybe because of an inappropriate term, per se, you know. Fine. You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess this is one of those things that's like, we're not in the attitude area anymore. <laughs> Do anybody in the country of Mexico, like, is, that where the, if we're, is that where the controversy is coming from? Or is it from, um, from a silly Americans? It's an American thing. Because it is popular in... It's popular in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, it's been often done in me- Mexican sports, according to the article uh, from Wrestling Inc. Um, but in other places of the world, for people that don't know, puto means bitch in Hispanic. In Spanish. Mm-hmm. Okay? Calling a man a bitch in some w- realms of the world is considered a homophobic term. Welcome to 2019. <laughs> All right. Um, so that's where the controversy comes from. Okay. Um, that. So they don't uh, realize that that uh, Pentagon Junior screams puto in every one of his matches. They don't. They didn't pick up on that yet. I think. Because that's like that's like one of my favorite parts. Okay. <laughs> you know what I consider that? Yeah. Uh-huh. I people feel that's he. It's okay because he's Hispanic. Oh. Uh-huh. Kind of like. The N-words. You know, mm-hmm. it's okay if they say it. But, right. you know, if Darren Corbin jumps in the ring and, you know, starts jumping on net- N-words, we got problems. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of those kind of things, kind, you know, like it's it's okay for them to say it, but damn, you know, right. don't have the gringo come up in here. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, because this is not... And you, thank you for bringing that point up. This is not a controversy in Mexico. Right. This is a controversy within the American wrestling community that Cody said this. And as far as I understand, I mean, from from our understanding or, or how I take it is that if we're watching Triple Mania, we're, we're being invited into their house. Correct. You know what I'm saying? And more or less, outside of anything that would get you in real trouble broadcasting, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Their house, their rules. Correct. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to see nothing... You don't want to see or hear, hear nothing too crazy, but that's far from... Right. Well, AEW has made an official statement. It, it it reads as, Cody joined his teammates at Triple Mania for what he understood to be their post-match tradition in Mexico and was unaware of the ne- negative connotations. Certainly... Certainly, this is the the last thing Cody would do, want to hurt or offend anyone. Anyway, hey, Cody knows what puto means. <laughs> of course, I get the political correctness of it, mm-hmm. but he knows what puto means. You know, 
Um, so, I, I feel like there's people out there that just want to make controversies from AEW. For, I mean, bruh. <laughs> if everybody uses Twitter as a platform for, for, for their soapbox, we're still on all on the same level, so. Yeah. Um, so, let's calm down, people. Let's not, um, let's, you know, I feel like those are the WWE stands trying to find anything, you know, anything they can to, you know, because I feel it's coming if we're not already there where AEW versus WWE is going to become Xbox versus PlayStation. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Now, that, now I, appreciate, I appreciate CM Punk kind of being on their turf and kind of saying, hey, don't let either one of these companies tell you that you need to watch this over that. You know right. what I mean? Just just watch it all and enjoy it. Just have fun. You know, and it, it's about the business as a whole. So if, if, if you're one of these guys who, you know, think that AEW is just a t-shirt company and they don't need to say the same, same air as the WWE, just know that even the existence of AEW is making the WWE better. Correct. Yeah. It's just good to have the competition. It's good to have other people in the marketplace. It is good that these performers actually have options to kind of make their lives better. Because I was just having a conversation with someone about how, you know, wrestling like 10 years ago wasn't really a lucrative thing. No. You know, it's, it's more commonplace now to hear about a wrestler earning six figures a year. Yeah. And that that's because of competition. And you still kind of have to, you know, throw it back to like, you know, like Kevin Nash and what he was trying to do with WCW, even though it was, you can consider it more to be selfish. Correct. But he created a marketplace where people can, can live, mm-hmm. you know? And, and that's the truth. I mean, um, you know, I'm going to segue a little bit because I know I say, hey, don't take shots at AEW. Uh-huh. But I admit, I took a shot at AEW over the week. <laughs> <laughs> you sure uh, did. That's it. Um, and I, 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 I really should have prefaced it, and, you know, and I appreciate you putting it on the docket because it is a bigger issue than AEW. And that is the so-called women's revolution evolution. Mm-hmm. The emergence of women in the forefront of professional wrestling. Um, for those that didn't hear, I questioned. I, I questioned more of the format of the you know battle royale mm-hmm. um, that they had, and also the presentation of the women's division in general throughout All Out. Um, it's kind of not giving it enough shine, um, and that's just putting it in us you know one word phrase um but that AEW is not the only you know person who has kind of done that lately um you know it you know we question we have to question if the women women's revolution is actually taking place we do um because yes while Becky Lynch herself and questionably you know, a couple other stars, you know, the Tessa Blanchards of the world, mm-hmm. um, Charlotte to a certain extent, Sasha Banks has come back in the public eye. Right. Um, they are individuals who are emerging in what could be a massive movement. So here's, here's what my side of the argument. This is kind of me reiterating because I think we, I said this like maybe 10 episodes ago. Yeah. 
when I look at Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, when I look at all everybody that you just mentioned, um, I see way more of them doing things for themselves than I than I do a system that's doing something Correct. for them. And that's an excellent point. Yeah. Um, because, for example, um, WWE has featured Becky Lynch smartly. Yes. Um, over the past month or so in the mainstream. ESPN commercials, as we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, sharing. The cover. Very important to note. Sharing mm-hmm. the cover with um, Roman Reigns. And then the commercial for the video game in which she crashes through the glass ceiling. Right. Now, the follow-up commercial has all the four horsewomen in the commercial without a mention of them. But they're just all in the room. Which I have a problem with. I have a theory about that, too. That kind of actually, to me, that actually kind of goes back to the Ric Flair thing, too. You know, they, they kind of burned me up a little bit because now Bailey's standing around. She's standing around. It's like Alexis or in, in the room, too. Mm-hmm. Give her credit. Um, but, yeah. So, the WWE is saying the right things as it relates to the women's evolution. Right. But there's two very important things that aren't happening that... I feel a slight is making their at least their part of the argument hypocritical. A, we had no May Young Classic this year, which your favorite your favorite thing tournaments. <laughs> yeah. Which, in my opinion, was a highlight women's tournament for all of women's wrestling because they brought in they brought in everybody. Right. You know, for that tournament. There's also not going to be at least it appears not going to be a women's evolution pay-per-view. Two things they used last year to pump up and highlight the women's division, you know, to use as banners, you know, for their women's evolution. Neither of those things are happening this year. Now, yes, probably the argument's going to be, well, the, the women have outshone the men on main roster shows and stuff to that effect. They got the main event at WrestleMania. Right. You know, that that's the argument that's going to be made. Mm-hmm. But understand where that grew from, and it grew from those moments you had last year. You know? I feel, like, I feel like we had this conversation before. I don't know if we had it on the podcast, but you kind of question, like, okay, what are, we, what are they going to do after they cover all these first? Right. And, and what, it seems like next? they're just like, you know, we did it. We're not done. We're, I mean, because they did the May Young Classic two years in a row, which was great. Great. Um, and then... The Mae Young Classic in particular bugs me because it was set up to be something important for NXT in particular mm-hmm. because it led to an automatic title shot for the NXT women's title. Right. So, as you know, you alluded when we talked about tournaments, they're used as a way to bring up people to another level so that they're ready for the spotlight. Right. Which is a perfect way to lead up to, you know, I would say the November. Let's play that game. Mm-hmm. You know, um, TakeOver. Right. Or, you know, on the show itself or whatever. Like, it'd be a perfect example, Mae Young Classic, for to do something similar to what AEW's doing. Have your tournament or whatever your case may be. So you have a title match on your first real show. Right. Um, and again... I, I'm not sure if I'm necessarily taking shots or just pointing out missed opportunities. You know, I think it's missed opportunities because you also talked about how 
all out as great of a show as it was was also them kind of playing it safe. Right. And that's how I felt. You know, kind of set up for it. And when you put it in that perspective, what did we actually get? We got a uh, a battle royal that took place arguably on their pre-show. Right. So it wasn't even part of the pay-per-view. We're trying to think that, you know, saying it doesn't really count unless it's on a pay-per-view. Correct. Even though this was actually broadcast on television. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the actual pay-per-view, we only got one women's match. Correct. Which is very WWE form- formulated. Correct. And then, the, you know, again, going back to the format of the that, that Battle Royale, mm-hmm. the format doesn't highlight anybody who's in the match. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have Tennille Underwood. Come, I mean, she's a... She's a star. Yeah. In women's wrestling, that should be a moment for you to point out, look who's here. You had Jazz come out, who is, in many eyes, a legend in just, women's just wrestling. Just to go back to Tennille, Tennille's also headlining a show in Australia that they're making a big deal out of. As well, her and actually Summer Rae are the main event. So Summer Rae's in wrestling? That's a great question. Because I was like, that is one of the names where I'm like, what's going on with Summer I don't, Rae? I don't know if, I don't know if, She's actually wrestling on the show. We have no idea what she's going to be on the show. But whatever the show that's happening in Australia in November, like, it's them too. They're the biggest names on the show. And they're making a big deal out of it. You know? Uh-huh. So it's happening in other places, but still in an American market, you still have a problem with showcasing these women. Yeah. And then, and I'm not going to forget anybody. Impact. Yeah. Impact just made a deal online. Nowhere really else. Taya Valkyrie is now the longest reign ever knockout champion. Passing Gail Kim. Hmm. Here's the story. Here's the thing I, I'm bugged about this. Okay? I'm not knocking Taya Valkyrie. But I also can't remember one memorable match in this ring. No. It is not hard to see one. And I'm also kind of trying to figure out, has she ever defended this title against Tessa Blanchard during this right? So she won the belt off of Tessa. She did. I believe Tessa had a rematch, but it had, like, shenanigans. interference. Yeah, shenanigans. I think that's yeah. how that's how we got the, the Gail Kim-Tessa Blanchard match. Correct. Because I think, like, she was roughing it or whatever. And... Correct. And it's just like, you haven't wrestled stars in my... I, from what I can see, like, has she... Had a match with, like, Jordan Grace or... Like, she's been playing this game with, like, Rosemary and them, right? Right. Or Young. Um, I can't pronounce the name, sorry. I, but mm-hmm. it, either way, the, the title rate itself feels very Nikki Bellyish. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, oh, she still has the belt. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you kind of forget. And, You're right. And, and the, but with, here's where it gets messed up, because Taya is actually a great wrestler. Right. She's a great in-ring performer. Just, just. What are you doing? What are you doing? Right. Yeah, you know, like you could have been making this big deal out of her reign and out of her like when you know CM Punk reminded you daily how many days he had the damn belt. <laughs> you know, right, right. you know. Um, I think even AJ did it for a little while while he was heel champion, but you know, it was just I don't know, like having that happen the way it happened. You know, with the. Uh, the big pay-per-views that have come up for, you know, Slammiversary and stuff like that. Like, that should be a big deal. Yeah. For the, and it just hasn't been. You know, ROH, well, ROH is ROH. 
but their women's title situation is a joke. Mm-hmm. You know, in the sense of what it means in the public eye of wrestling community. So, while everybody's screaming the women's evolution, is it really happening? And then we talked about the list last week, where in a year where the women are ar- arguably, you know, top of the game, they don't even fall on the list anymore. They're not even on the list. Mm-hmm. You know, they have their own list, so they get their own list. So it's, you know, we'll see what it is going forward, but it, I, you know, in the message that I sent out earlier in the week, and now I just, I'm, I'm you know, I challenge all of them. Like, mm-hmm. you know, let's, you know, show us that you're actually having this evolution that you're, you know, screaming so much about online. So I put in the notes here, um, that we can't define it as men. No. What it is, but what would you like to see happen that would say, okay, the evolution is happening? Okay. And that, and that, that's a great point um, to bring up. You know, like, you know, women listeners, are you out there? Like, what do you want? What would you consider the, you know, what, what are some, should I say, trademark moments? Or what do you need to see to feel confident that women are actually being it evolving in this game like you know we haven't even touched on pay like <laughs> see, and, that's, and that's what i would that's what i would like to see yeah so earlier this week i praised um i, well, I congratulated uh cyborg chris cyborg for signing her contract with bellator yeah and supposedly it's you know something that you know she felt like she deserved mm-hmm. and you know it was kind of like this big payoff for her like you know, she she kind of alluded to you know the disrespect in that term in that sense, from what she had to deal with being with UFC, and now this okay now it's finally happening for me here at Bellator to respect me, okay. and you know it's reflected in whatever number she signed for, even though it wasn't spoken of. To me, that's one of the things I would want to see as part of this evolution. Um, I want to see something to the effect of like Natalia who we know has been, like, a workhorse for the WWE for many a years. Mm-hmm. Natalia signs, just just a tweet, Natalia signs long-term deal with WWE for X amount of dollars. Okay. <laughs> like, I want to see that. Okay. That, that'll convince me. And six figures. No, I need to see seven. Seven for her? I need to see seven for someone. Yeah. Okay. I need to see... I'll I say think, in, in, for I, me because in the, six figures is something like that's a regular, a regular man's main roster contract. Right. I need to see a woman not to that level because you know that's a hard whole nother argument about who's making what money. But I need to see a woman's version of Cena. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I'm not just talking about money, but I'm also talking about the perks. They're on the plane. They don't have to drive. You know, <laughs> you know. Exactly. You where you see a woman being taken care of as a star in the company. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to see stuff like that. You know, um, right. You know, that's where I need to see us get to. Like, yes, WWE is painting Becky Lynch as a star, but that's more of what's in front of the camera. Exactly. You know. Um, are they doing it behind the camera? 
are they protecting Becky? Like, I haven't really seen them protect Becky yet. Because they've made her look weak at moments a few times. I would say, I would argue that they cut, they cut Becky off of the legs more than they let her shine. Correct. It's, it's never anything that they give her, mm-hmm. but there's certain things that they just, okay, maybe you shouldn't tweet like that, or maybe you shouldn't, you know. Correct. Because one thing that Becky, things have happened to Becky, in her even in her rise, that would never happen to a male star. Case in point, that ass cooking she took from Sasha Banks. Mm-hmm. That level of an ass kicking is not the level of an ass kicking that a number one man in the com- company has ever taken. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like when Brock's holding the belt, ain't nobody walked through that curtain and whooped him down. Right. Without there being some level of shenanigans involved. You know, even when Chef- Seth was getting beat down, the level of shenanigans involved. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Sasha Banks came right up to the middle of the ring. You know, Becky came out at age fighting square up. Yeah. And then Sasha just starts whooping ass. That doesn't happen to a man. And that's yeah. what I'm saying, protecting. Yeah, you're absolutely right on that. You know, um, you know, she's lost straight up matches, even their tag matches and stuff like that. Those are certain things that don't happen to the man star of the company. Right. You know, and, and other companies have to do that as well. Like, in AEW right now, and I'm sure that's part of their plan, and that's great. Mm-hmm. But there's no star. You know, there's a, you know, Nyla is probably the strongest mm-hmm. and probably the best, I would say, strongest pushed right now. You know, I know Ryu's undefeated, but I wouldn't consider her strong. You know, I put her in, like, Bailey land. Definitely. Someone who you know is good. Mm-hmm. Someone who wins matches. But you would never consider them, like, protected in any way. Like, she gets her ass kicked and then wins. Right. You know. That's where I need to see. And that's what kind of hurts certain promotions, too, when they bring in other, like, big names. Right. And it's like, we're familiar with how great they are. Mm-hmm. Are you going to showcase how great they are? Right. Because I think this kind of supports your argument with, like, the Battle Royal. Mm-hmm. A lot of great people, a lot of great names who didn't have, it's not an opportunity for you to see that. It's just novelty. Like, we know them. Right. Ooh, they're there. I need, I need wrestling. To do for someone else what WWE did for Ronda Rousey last year. Yeah, exactly. And that's and that's where if they did that on a regular basis, then I would consider the evolution complete. You know, where they're like legit competing for, you know, the shine. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of being pushed into it. Um. Since we're at Keenan Arena, do we want? I mean, not Keenan Arena. WWE, do we want to talk about Keenan Arena at this point? So, this is just really a question that I have because it's kind of coupled with, you know, our discussion about tournaments and what they're supposed to do. Up to this point, do you feel like Keenan Arena is doing what it's supposed to do? Nah, fam. Um, I feel it's like I feel it's basically been used as a time filler. Um, uh, for I I feel. And I'm hoping it's just the time of year. I feel like the WWE is kind of like waiting. That's what it feels like right now. Yeah. Um, they kind of buying their time until. Yeah, great, great, great way to say it. Yeah, until the until the fall comes. Um, I was fine with the tournament until Monday, last Monday night. Okay. When they pulled the, I don't know, double pin of 
Samoa Joe and Ricochet. In a, my opinion, even though I like both wrestlers, mm-hmm. the right thing to do was to say they eliminated each other. Okay. And then you have a ton of fucking heat on Baron Corbin getting right into the finals. Now it's a triple threat. Which wait 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 because I'm sorry because I don't I don't really watch the main product they anymore. Say, they they've turned a match in a tournament mm-hmm. in a bracket tournament to a triple threat. Correct. So now they're saying instead of both men losing, both men won. So now both men will advance to the Raw final against Corbin next week in a triple threat because he goes to the King of Ring final at Clash Champions. So, what do we know about triple threats? It's triple threats as far as, in general, it's the guy who puts in the least work that usually gets the win. Okay. Specifically with the WWE, I don't think, has Baron Corbin lost the triple threat match? I don't know that answer. But I what I do know no. is this. I really want to say no. But what it does let me know is triple threat matches often benefit the person who is at the least, um, you know, a great um, against the greatest odds. Which, in my opinion, would be Ricochet. You got two heels, and then you got Ricochet. Right. Um, the other thing that threw me off, and I didn't say it was bad, it just threw me off, was now the matchup we have on the SmackDown side with Elias and Chad Gable. Two people I didn't even think would be even considered for the final match. Right. So that leaves me kind of like... Uh, I mean, it, that at least lets me think like, okay, now you got some mystery. I don't really know who's going to win. But it also leads me to a point where I might not care either. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I give, you, I give people out there one small beacon of hope. Chad Gable and Baron Corbin did have an awesome match in NXT days. Mm-hmm. So if it gets to that point again, I would say reserve judgment because I think at least those two guys work well with each other inside of that. Correct. Break. I will give Baron Corbin credit that he has improved greatly in, in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, so if he did win the whole tournament, I would not be upset. And in fact, I think that's the right decision. Because at this I, point, yeah. Well, it has been pointed out to me, and and looking back on it, I agree. Canada Ring tournament is it feels like it's set up perfectly for a heel to win. Yeah. You know because of babyface winning the Canada Ring tournament, it's like hey, I'm king. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's set up for a heel who would rub it in your face every fucking time. Right. That's Baron Corbin to a T. Baron Corbin would rub that shit in forever mm-hmm. that he was king of the ring. Like, I can see Baron Corbin, like, in the middle of the street, like, R-Truth with the, the 24-7 belt. <laughs> Shooting vignettes, like, dude, don't you know I'm king? Like, as annoying as that would be, yeah. that's an awesome annoying, you know, yeah, for WWE. And that's what makes sense to me. If they don't do it, yeah, that's fine. But that's what it feels like it sets up to me. But going back to your original question, this King of the Ring tournament hasn't done much for the overall product of WWE. 
Okay. Hasn't made, I don't think it's made anybody really want to jump and watch it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it does feel like a time killer. It feels like we don't know what to do with these stars during this period of time that we have across both of our brands. I mean, that's, that's the thing, too, because like, I didn't know that that triple threat thing happened because you would think the only thing that happened on Monday Night Raw was all the Sasha Banks stuff. With the way, you know what I'm saying, it was been running, you know, social media and everything. Mm-hmm. It, it, it also it kind of raised that question. It was like, is this tournament even really... <laughs> and again, I think, it, I think you brought it up where, what is this... What is this tournament going to lead to? Like, if you get Keanu Reeves, you just Keanu Reeves. That's it. Right. And in this day and age of wrestling where there's like 25 belts, what does that mean? You know, right, right. I mean, at least, and the and the funny thing is, when it comes to this King of the Rain tournament, WWE just has to look to its own third brand now for an example of how it should be done in that breakout tournament that they just had. Yeah, they made a star in Jordan Miles, aka ACH. Mm-hmm. Instantly through that tournament. Then they turned around again with a match against Adam Cole, and that was also an awesome match as well. Correct. Like, I thought they were going to wait a while before they had that match, but they, nope. Let's do it. Let's do it. And they had arguably one of the better matches in NXT, at least on TV, mm-hmm. regular TV, quite some time. I thought they were seeing that for like the first show or something like that. Right. But, I mean,. It's like they're not watching their own shit. No. The, the, <laughs> the right hand definitely doesn't know what the left hand is doing. No. Um, but, yeah, you know, hopefully, you know, we'll see better tournaments. You know, I, like, even we going back to tournaments, we're talking about the AEW Tag Team Tournament. We have no idea what that is, you know. Right. We know that, the, you know, the Dark Order has a bye, but we don't have brackets. <laughs> so we, we don't know. We, we know we're getting the Bucks versus Private Party, right? Second, like that second show that's happening, right there. <laughs> so hopefully they release a bracket to. I mean, and that feels important. It's had, you know, first tag team jacket, but you just don't see anything structurally like who's facing who, and hopefully we'll see that so It's coming. Yeah, like I said, stay stay, stay tuned to uh, Road to. What do they call it now? Because I don't think we even have a name for the show yet. Road to AEW on TNT. That's what they got. <laughs> That's what they got right now. They haven't released their official name because the trademarks have not been cleared yet. Okay. So, who knows? Um, but the biggest piece of news currently is actually a very unfortunate event that happened over Labor Day weekend. But it's just um, coming out. And that is um, Revolutionary Pro Summer Sizzle, which happened last weekend. Mm-hmm. Had a match for their tag team. Ta- well, they did, it wasn't for their tag team titles. The match was Revolutionary Pro's tag team champions versus an Aussie Open tag team. Um, this match was for a chance to face G.O.D. at uh, New Japan's Royal Quest 
which was also occurring that weekend. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, we've set up the table. Um, leading up to this match, according to reports, the event was already running long, like almost 45 minutes longer than it was supposed to. Okay. So, we get to the tag match, and we get to a spot where there's a close pit. Um, the wrestler who was being pinned, Josh Bowden, doesn't raise his shoulder up when he's supposed to kick out. Okay. Um, again, this is all quarter reports, you know. I, you know, I checked multiple sources before I even start talking about this because I know how these kind of things work. Right. Um, but it is apparently agreed upon through multiple sources that Josh Bowden didn't get his shoulder up. And so the referee continued counting and counted three count and ended the match. Okay. Right. Uh, Which is what he's supposed to do. So now, mind you. While this may be a botch in some eyes, the right team who was planning to win the match did still win the match. So in my eyes, that's not a botch. Right. That's just the match ending early. That's been done. That's been done in WWE on multiple occasions. It was done at WrestleMania around this match. It was done. Um, I think it was the very next pay per view with um, Samoa Joe and Rey Mysterio in their yeah. match. Yeah, I remember that. Um, the last freelance show I went to, it happened. Okay. <laughs> um, so these things happen. Yeah. It's not uncommon. So Josh Bowden and his teammate Sal Michaels respond by beating up the referee on the spot. Sal Michaels, I've seen the video. His first move is to pick up the referee and power slam him. Now, you can watch the power slam. You can argue that it was a safe power slam. So, Sal Michaels, for that point, and he has apologized openly. So, I'm not giving him an out. Mm-hmm. But he's definitely not public air enemy number one. That goes to Mr. Bolden, who, after that power slam, mm-hmm. threw the referee... Um, Wild is his last name. I forget his first name. And commits to whooping his ass. Shoot style. Outside of the ring. Like, the video's out there if you want, uh, you know, want to find it. And there are two things we can talk about in regards to this incident. The very first is the obvious point. That basically this referee got assaulted outside. You know, the you know, shoot. It, that's not supposed to happen. Right. You know, regardless right. of what happens to a finish, referees, in most cases, cannot be considered in the same realms physically as wrestlers. Correct. Um, as it relates to protecting themselves or whatever the case may be. So, for that to happen to this man who's not a professional wrestler, whose day job is refereeing high school football games. This ain't supposed to happen. Um, we'll get back 
to the ref in a moment. But what disturbed me the most okay. about the video, A, the original video, the fans are chanting for him to get his fucking ass beat. If you watch the video. Okay. That's uncomfortable. You know what I'm saying? Now, yeah. I am, again, yes. Is it hard to tell from first visual standpoint that this is this a shoot or a work? Yeah. While I'll give some of that point, there's a certain point if you start watching it, like, all right, something's up. Like, this ain't right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, especially if you're right there in front of it, you can tell somebody's getting legit getting their asses beat. We've right. sat second row at, you know, and we could definitely tell if somebody's getting hit. Yeah. And somebody's not, you know, whatever case may be. Um, the second major thing about the video that disturbs me, along with the crowd's reaction, no one does anything from Ref Pro. Like, at all. At all. If you watch the video, no one comes out. The video is about a minute long. Mm. And the the cut of the video that's most, you know, disturbing is literally just a cut of Josh Bowden beating down the referee outside of the ring. That's all it's showing. So it's a minute of this guy just straight whooping his ass. Mm. Shoot or not, if it's a work, we know the referee's coming out, right? Exactly. That happens all the fucking time. Right? Yeah, all the referees come out. So Everybody's coming. Quote unquote security comes out. Correct. No one does that. Now, if you're the booker of this match, the producer of this match, mm-hmm. you know what just happened wasn't planned. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely right. And not only do they do nothing about it, they say jack and shit for a week about it. No one has said, no one said anything. About this incident. Like, we didn't even know it was a thing until a couple days ago. It became a bigger thing when the referee comes out with, like, bruh, not only did they get my ass beat, Ref Pro hasn't returned my calls, nor have they paid me. That's terrible. It wasn't until after he tweeted that he got paid. The booker for Rev Pro tweets out, hey, all I saw was the power slam. <laughs> <laughs> Which is classic bullshit, because then the second tape comes out, and that's when you see him really getting his ass beat. Right. And now, we're to the point where Josh Bowden has tweeted out that, well, he hasn't tweeted because he shut down his Twitter, obviously, because that's the thing you do in situations like this. Mm-hmm. But he uh, sent the Instagram story saying, I'm, I'm done with wrestling, fuck y'all. Sal Michaels has, you know, done this apology. Ref Pro have, you know, done the, you know, PC statement yeah, yeah. of saying we're sorry. We'll do what we can for the ref. Because the ref is straight up said, like, doctors have told me I can't ref wrestling matches anymore. And, and for the unforeseeable f- future, I'm not going to be able to do my job. Like, it's day-to-day job. Oh, it's lost some time. Here we go. Yep. And this is where, like... The I'm not here to really get into deep about the actual event. Mm-hmm. What I want to discuss is for an incident like this, because we're talking about independent contractors and stuff, all this kind of fun 
stuff here. Right. Where does the promotion fall in line in a, in a situation like this? And now that this is, as you like, as you say, news, like this news now. Right. You know, responses are going to be made either structurally or verbally or in some awful cases, even storyline wise. You know, I, I can I can literally see this on WWE within a couple of weeks, a story, you know, a work of some reverie and beaten down after a match. I can see it happen. Yeah. It's WWE style, you know. Um, or AEW using it as they've done with other things, chair shots, concussions, putting story, controversial storylines out there to add fire to conversations that are already being had. In 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 my mind, over the years, the the the, the part of my mind that does fantasy booking, mm-hmm. I'm low key dying for a storyline that involves a ref getting beat up. Like after every match, because he's making mistakes or whatever, and then him just not taking anymore, and kind of like. But didn't the WWE do a storyline where the refs like walked out, like we're not doing this because it's unsafe type shit? Well, that was part of the whole thing where everybody walked out. On um, Triple H. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't. It, it didn't quite happen the same. Wasn't the same thing. Plus they all came back in like the second hour. So. Okay. <laughs> it it stopped being awesome. After that first half hour, but just like a storyline where you're gonna take a wrestler, but you're gonna make him a ref, and he's just gonna get sick of taking it every morning, just starts beating everybody up, and like, okay, I quit, but that means I'm a wrestler now, and like, let's go, <laughs> and like having some sort of like, you know, big time show interest one time where you just have all these refs behind him come out, you know, saying me, maybe even have like a ref like, like um, lumberjack match. <laughs> <laughs> or okay. something, or you just have like something where you just have like forty-five different refs like counting at the same time. Okay, because the support this dude. Like I've been dying for a storyline that happened like that. Just me personally on the inside. <laughs> well, when we see Matt Nix next, you know, at a freelance event, we're gonna we're gonna whisper at him in his ear. Yeah, yeah. Because we have seen at a freelance event a ref do a pin. Yeah, win a match. <laughs> you know, I want to see him. Get the legacy belt from Eye Candy. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, I like. I just this is something that is going to cause a reaction. Mm-hmm. You know, just like the Scarlet Bordeaux thing caused a reaction. Right. Um. And and it should because I mean, it, it, and it gets back to that question about employees, you know, and what's their responsibility there, you know. Because this, this this could be something that's been happening for a while. Right. That we were just unaware of. Correct. But now that wrestling is becoming popular again, at least amongst the marks, and, you know, so we're going to, we're, we're seeking out these different. Correct. These... Because, and, and again, from a ref pro side, what's most troubling to me from their perspective is that they said jack and shit. Yeah. Until the ref came out and the video started coming out. Where they should have got in front of it. Yeah. And said, hey, this happened. We've done this. Mm-hmm. We're sorry for old boy. We'll take care of him. You know, it you know, and you're not gonna look perfect, but at least at the same time, you look like you did something. Now yeah, you look like an absolute snake. You gotta eat crow. Right. You know? 
and Rev Pro for those that don't, Revolutionary Pro is a big UK promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is just bad timing on their part because there's just such a focus on UK wrestling right now. It's it's super competitive right now because you got New Japan running in there, you got WWE running in there. Progress is coming out, mm-hmm. and British wrestling in general is coming up. You know, with you know Will Ospreay and you know uh, Zack Saber Jr. You know yeah. showing the fuck out. Wherever the hell they go. Well, okay, Rev Pro. So that's the one where Zach is the champ, isn't it? I'm not a thousand percent sure, but that's something I we can look up. But yeah, um, yeah, I think I think that is where he's champ, but I don't know if he's gonna be champ much longer. But um, yeah, it, it's gonna be interesting to see. In my opinion, what other wrestlers respond to this as it relates to working with revolutionary part mm-hmm. um you know it, it's going to be because something like this i i mean i'm again i'm not a pro wrestler but oh, it would make tanahashi is the champ right now he beat zach xavier jr okay so that was that belt i know it's the british heavyweight champion but i didn't know if it was a revolutionary yeah, that is, that, is that promotion oh that's not good okay um, that's not good at all, right? Because, and that's what, and that's where this whole kind of thing got goofy. Mm-hmm. Because, um, the right team won, and that team was, and I, I feel like their silence was specifically targeted to making sure that the New Japan show went well. Because that was, I think, the next night, the Royal Quest show. Mm-hmm. And so they didn't want anything to fuck up that flow, mm-hmm. which I get. You know, I get that part of it from a business standpoint. But a week, G? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could have came out Monday and was like, yo, you know, shit happened over the weekend. We took some time to investigate. But I, I'm I'm very confident that this promoter, Andy Quin- Quinlan or something, mm-hmm. was just like, I see shit. We good. You know he didn't. You know he didn't anticipate people being in the stands. Like, damn, I got you. <laughs> right, so, right. You know it is what it is. But I mean, I mean it's not is what it is. But it's just actually unfortunate that um, that you know this has happened and that we keep having. We're having more now that wrestling's getting a bigger eye. Incidents like this are getting a bigger eye. Yes. Um, and I think you you brought up a great point where stuff like this has probably happened before. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Scar- again, I bring up the Scarlet Bernoulli and stuff like that's probably happened before. Right. Well, even the Bully Ray incident, I'm pretty sure that's happened before. In fact, I, I would guarantee that's probably happened since Bully Ray. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, and not with Bully Ray in particular, I'm just saying in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are very interesting types of things that, you know, that as wrestling becomes bigger, wrestling is also going to be exposed in a certain limelight for its shortcomings. Because the wrestling world in general is just not a pretty place. It, it isn't. Um, and... You know, just like when UFC or combat, MMA and all, 
Like, cop, MMA, when it first started, was like, damn near death matches. Mm-hmm. And then it got, rec- you know... Regulated re- at some point, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like we're going that route in several... That, we're talking long term. Mm-hmm. But if wrestling continues to grow in this state... Right. And it continues to get exposed for its flaws, something's going to happen in that regard. Mm-hmm. Where... Some form of policing is going to be called upon. Because, you know, we're talking about pay. We're talking about, you know... Possibility of unionizing. Right. You know, people's safety. You know, not just, you know, performers, but of fans. And You know, yes, this is going to be a lawsuit. You know, is it swept underneath the rug? You know, and as the smaller brands compete in a world they're not supposed to be in anymore... You know, right? You know, with the big box effect, and if you don't know what I mean by that, go read my blog. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, th- this is going to happen because the smaller promotions are going to have to do more to keep their fans, because it's not just going to be well. This is the only wrestling I can see in the area, because wrestling is going to be everywhere, everywhere, and it's going to be accessible in ways that. We've never seen before. And for, you know, we've already seen Wrestle Circus close. Um, there was another organization that closed recently as well. Uh, Defiant in UK, of all places. Yeah. They closed. Um, and there's another one um, over the weekend. They also have closed. I don't have it off the top of my head, but we're seeing this effect. Called the AEW effect. I call it Big Box. Yeah. You know, Walmart and WWE has been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Target has come to town. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Not, not exactly the same, but the same kind of effect. Sucking up all the resources within the area. So, it, it's, it's we got to see wrestling do better mm-hmm. as a whole. Yeah, we do. Um, and you're exactly right. I think you brought it up several podcasts ago. It's the wrestlers that are going to... Got to be at the forefront right. of what for the fans. Change. The unfortunate event of this, and I think we saw a portion of it. We've seen a portion of it now that we go to more live shows. Mm-hmm. The fans don't care enough, in my opinion, when we're there. Yeah. To say it's a problem, you know what I'm saying? Well, especially in the video that is on the internet of this particular event, especially when the lines are blurred, which is what you're watching is real and what's not. You know. You're not going to know, and they're just going to cheer what they see. Yeah. And it's, if they think it's a part of the show, yeah, if they're the feeling show, yeah. entertained by that moment, they're going to, you know, keep doing the thing. Right. Um, it's kind of eerie to me, too, to think about that, because I feel like we're closer to seeing, like, another in-ring death. And there's another part that, how I say this, when you watch shows, you watch series where you catch up on your wrestling history, you start digging deep, you start realizing those things happen. Yeah. And because, you know, they're not publicized as much, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't hear about it. You know, I wouldn't, you know, because, for example... And I'm not going to get into names, just observation. One of the recent 
uh, live shows that we've been at, right? Right. Um, without getting into detail, we saw someone get hurt. Legit. Right. Okay? Um, we saw, you know, people be called to help them out. And, you know, that person afterwards, visibly, you can tell, wasn't a thousand percent. Mm-hmm. Now, we know this because we were right there. No one else knows that shit. Right. We don't know the long-term effects of that particular injury. Right? I think that is just a microcosm of what actually is going on. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, if someone hits their head the wrong way, mm-hmm. and then several days later is in a hospital bed, and unfortunately doesn't come out that hospital bed, Right. The dots aren't added up because no, not everyone's seen the dots. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And I think more of that kind of stuff goes on than we think. Mm-hmm. And the, again, it's going to have to happen in a major spotlight for us to really pay. I won't say us to pay attention, but for the greater world to say, okay, something's got to happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because... As much as, you know, we've had the conversation, everybody's had a conversation about healthcare for professional wrestlers. Right. There are very few injuries that have happened in pro wrestling that someone has just never freaking came back from. You know what I'm saying? It came back in a way where it was like the draws type of situation. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, um... I mean, we know about Owen Hart, rest, you know, rest in heaven. Mm-hmm. But, um, on, you know, we know Paige stories, right? Yeah. Those stories, yeah. we know Edge stories. You know what I'm saying? We know those stories. But we don't know enough about, you know, the Draws-like stories. Right. You know what I'm saying? And they're always seen as accidents. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying they're not accidents. Right. But we never flip the coin and say, what could have been done so this doesn't happen? You know, saying like Steen, Steen's career ended in a ring. Right. And he blamed it on himself. Like, I knew the spot. I did the spot wrong. It's all on me. And that's that independent contractor. That's that pride of the wrestler coming through. Yeah. That mindset. Right. You know what that is? That's also the way NFL players thought every year before like 2015. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and it's going to take either, unfortunately, another death live on TV. Or, in my opinion, we start seeing, like, at our Andrew Lux start happening. Where, like, people start checking out. You know what I'm saying? Like, Adam Cole coming out tomorrow, like, I'm done, bro. Right. I want to get out the game while I'm healthy. And this is a conversation. Here's your belt. This is this is the, the, a conversation I was having with somebody earlier today, actually about you know saying that bravado of you know of wrestling. They they should have asked him, you know, said what's what's too old to wrestle? How how old right before you're done wrestling? And it's like, so that's the sad part because people love it so much, they don't want to stop. Right, and and I think see I think there's two two stairways 
leading to this point where people wrestle too long. Right. The love. Mm-hmm. I, I put, like, the Terry Funks in that realm. Right. And then there's um, those who don't know how to handle their money. Yeah, the financial part. Right. Exactly. And they keep wrestling because they don't have any other skills. Don't know any other way to make money to take care of their people. And they just keep going until they're gone. Unfortunately. And, you know... This is how we're kind of looking at Ric Flair. I, I, I kind of skate him in the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he's kind of, like, on a rope in between those ladders. <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like it's definitely a pride thing. But I definitely think there's some money pushing him up there, too. Yeah. Um, like, if he had the money... I don't think he'd be straight up, you know, like if he had money sitting in the bank like some wrestlers do, I don't think he'd be trying to trademark the man. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's where I think that, you know, I mm-hmm. think the the prideful flair was the flair that went back to wrestle in TNA after Vince told him, you got to go. I think that's where the pride came in. Okay. Like, I'm not done. You know, the flair that we see now, that's the broke-ass flair. <laughs> you know, in, in so many words. Right. Because we've heard stories, and I believe flair is one of those stories that we're going to hear about after, unfortunately. I feel like flair is one of those wrestlers that are being taken care of to do nothing. Yeah. You know, like JR has alluded. He didn't say he wasn't doing anything, but he has made it clear to say, Vince took damn good care of me. In a contract where I wasn't realizing doing much. Jerry King Lawler has a very similar contract. Yeah. Uh, but he chooses to wrestle. God bless him. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Flair's going to be one of those people that you hear. And that's why I think someone like Charlotte, his own daughter, is so mad about this man thing. Because while they don't talk about it, I'm pretty sure Ric Flair's still getting a check to pay his mortgage. Just saying. Right. Um, but, like, these incidents keep happening, you know, getting back to work. And, you know, just like the NFL, people are going to start talking about wrestler safety, like performer safety, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and certain things are going to change. Who's going to change it? The wrestlers are going to have to change it. Yeah, they're the ones going to have to step over there. You know, they're going to have to say, I'm not going to show out for you unless this is done. And, again, there's going to have to take some resistance. Like, they're not going to get that right away. It's going to start in a smaller promotions or maybe it starts in a place like AEW mm-hmm. that, you know, touts we're going to, you know, take care of people and stuff like that. And we'll see how that works out. Um, but just to do a drop here, you know, if you are liking what you're hearing, please follow us on Twitter at We Are The Wise Men, IG, Wise Men Wrestling Podcast. You can find our podcast everywhere. Start with Anchor, please. Anchor up a, a film. Um, you know, thank you to Anchor for, you know, being a good home for us right now. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it helps us branch out everywhere else. You know, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher. <laughs> I'm sure there's a thousand other places to find a podcast, but, um, please, you know, find us on Twitter, man. Um, you know, we, we have our moments when we want to start stuff and then no one's around to start stuff with. Yeah. It's kind of like being a kid in the playground. You're the only one to recess and. You got a ball, you got nothing to do with it. <laughs> Gets lonely out there. Um, but please, you know, definitely, you know, 
give us that opportunity to share in the conversation. Uh, shout out to those who have, you know, followed us either individually or uh, collectively on Twitter. You know, we enjoy being a part of the conversation. Had some great ones over the last week, so please continue to do so. Um, yeah, we appreciate it all. We're, we're definitely, I mean, we think we're at the wrap up right now. Okay. Anyway, um, anything, anything anybody needs to pay attention to this week? <sighs> this week is kind of a go-home week um, because next Sunday we have... Next Sunday, we have Class of Champions. The week after that, we have um, the Saturday, the Friday after that, we have a freelance show. Um, yep. Which is the first official day of my vacation. So, we'll see how that goes. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna stop for a moment because we don't do this too often. Everybody, say hi to Miss Sonia. Say hi. Hi. She's awesome. She's quiet, but she's awesome. She made taquitos. She made taquitos and gave us guacamole. Um, but, you know, for the next week, I think, well, wait, I, I think, middle of next, see, next week's going to be actually a show week because okay. she got Clash of Champions, not right. this coming week, the following week. Right. Clash of Champions. Wednesday is, um, Wednesday's the first NXT live show. Right. Then the freelance show. Yeah, we're definitely calling. Call so next week's, I mean, next week's podcast is probably going to be that talking about all this stuff that's about to happen. I'm glad we were able to find a good amount of stuff going on, um, you know, to cover this week. Um, unfortunately, thank you, Revolutionary Pro. Yeah. <laughs> that's our biggest story. Um, but, you know, we got. There's, we, there's no possible way that you're all caught up with everything that happened last week. No. So go back and watch NXT UK. Yeah, because there was a lot of awesome um, career defining, oh man. match of the year type of candidate things happening on that show. They really went on out. As you know, this was the Renegade show that happened um, because of some 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 not so great due diligence on WWE's part, right? To host the show at the same time as like the the Refro show, right? And um, World Quest. Which is something that you probably also have to go back yeah. and watch. Yeah, and it, it is. There's a lot of stuff going on, right? And it's, you know, pay attention in your local area. Yeah, get out there. You know, there's some stuff going on that you know. Like, I mean, man. Like, quite as kept. Mick Foley had matches over the last week. Yeah. People don't know about. <laughs> you know, and, and and that's something to talk about. But you know, we got some great stuff coming up. We're going to talk about um, stem cell replacement. Um, in the future podcast, we yeah. got, you know, some deeper cuts that we're going to take about some issues. Um, definitely want to get onto that domestic violence, um, especially as we talk about the women's re- evolution and intergender wrestling. Yeah, and, that's another part of it, right? Yeah. Um, you know, we got we got some good cuts coming up. So, you know, keep listening. We're going to drop some stuff in the middle of the week as well, probably. Got a favorite wrestler this week? Wow. I got a hopeful. I don't know about favorite wrestler, but Scarlett Bordeaux had a tryout at the Performance Center this weekend. Yeah, she did. So, I am hopeful that she gets on NXT and gets to show what Impact wouldn't show as it relates to what she can do. Um, I don't know, wrestler of the week? Man. WWE makes it hard. <laughs> you know, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna defer to you this week as it relates to that because I, 
I don't. I, do I have, if, if, if you don't have one, then I have two. There you go. Fine. I'm going to do something special for this podcast. Okay. The first one is Sasha Banks. Okay. Um, she's in the news news. Legit news. Correct. Just for just coming back and being able to kind of do what I'm hoping and what I feel is what she's wanted to do this whole time. We needed heal Sasha Banks. The WWE desperately needed heal Sasha Banks. We got it. We're getting it in heaps. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, she's all over the place. In terms of people kind of asking where did this come from, what's going on, mm-hmm. um, I want to low key say that this, this this like there's like a blue hair thing that's going on right now. I kind of want to give Sasha Banks credit for. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think everything that she's doing is great so far, and, and she, at least one of those bras she's carried. Oh yeah, uh, and I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you get to your second because if it's who I think it is, we're gonna have to extend this podcast a little bit. I, I think this is to the left. Might as well just say who yours is. Don't bring up Bailey. Huh? Don't bring up Bailey. Oh, no, I wasn't. All right, good. Let's move on. Go ahead. What's your second? <laughs> <laughs> and for the second one, I think I'm going to end this podcast with audio evidence as the reason why I think he's my true wrestling, um, professional wrestler of the week. I'm giving it to Killer Cross. Okay, okay. Killer I Cross, think I know where you're going with that. Killer and Cross, I'll support that. Killer Cross did a real awesome thing. Um, a fan yeah. tweeted him um, earlier this week, and, you know, he kind of came clean as cause kind of being depressed and kind of being down and kind of asked Killer Cross, you know, what his advice was on basically getting back up when you get been knocked down. Yeah. And so we're going to end this podcast with an audio of his answer to this fan. He recorded a video especially for him, but I think it's for everybody. So, on that note, we're done. Thank you, Killer Cross. Hey, real talk, real bit, 15 seconds on Killer Cross. I hope Killer Cross gets what he wants in wrestling. Mm-hmm. And that's something we'll talk about a whole nother day. Um, but when it comes to these contracts and wrestlers not wanting to wrestle in certain promotions anymore we got to do gooder you know as it relates to this because there's with the landscape as open as it is Mm -hmm. we shouldn't have these situations where people are just sitting at home because we can't find a common ground for them to perform so kid across keeping a stand-up dude i want to see you soon in a big way yeah get the shine sorry sorry to miss you on aw pro that's the one show that's just really crowded. It busted at the scenes at Logan Square. I can't do that one, man. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. That is the one where everything happened. That's where we missed the Bucks. Yeah. We missed um, MJF's goodbye with Coco Van and the father and son moment. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, that, yeah, you know, come on, Killer Cross. Like, get free. Yeah. <laughs> get your free on, man. Free Killer Cross. Right. And on that note, we will see you next week. Get well, Ray. Miss you. Got your message earlier, and uh, just wanted to get alone away from everybody and everything before we start this uh, event today. But um, without knowing all the details of your situation, and uh, just based off of what you told me, just being in a dark place, I think the worst thing about being in a dark place is feeling isolated. Like people don't understand what you're going through. It becomes difficult to talk about. It becomes difficult to explain. And um, 
the thing that you have to take into consideration is that being in a dark place is kind of like being in a black hole in a sense except you're in the event horizon so you have a very clear picture of everything that's going on whereas other people are not in this place they're on the outside looking in with all this chaos and destruction around it they have their own preconceived notion of what they think is going on and it might not be correct and again it, it leads you to feeling misunderstood and isolated and um, having a hard time to communicate and talk all i can tell you is stay the course you know as mediocre as that may sound or as cliche as that may sound you got to stay the course and, and understand and i've said this before but you got to understand that there's good days and bad days in life and fuck man sometimes there's a series of real bad days that you got to go through but i want you to think about all the time you put into your life up till this point all the bad, bad days you've already endured you know you've already been through quite a bit just to make it here and um you're gonna get through this one and you're gonna get through all the others because you're going to choose to. Sometimes it just comes down to that. You just got to make a choice. And don't fall in, into uh, the dependency of feeling like you need to be understood. Because uh, being understood is a luxury, unfortunately. And that's the truth. Nobody wants to tell you. But as long as you understand you, and you do your best to make sure that other people understand you within the parameters you're comfortable with, that's all you're accountable for. So, chin up. You'll get through this day. And the next. And the one after that. I hope it's helped. You are now listening to the Wise Men Wrestling Podcast.